Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. Another rough way to start the week. Another funeral, another procession, another burial of another Indiana police officer. This time, Marion County Deputy John Durham Hammer. And I, I got to tell you, it's I, I mean, this is three Indiana law enforcement officers losing their life in the line of duty within as many weeks. And again, the grieving will continue. The prayers, the tears will continue. But there are also some questions and we'll get to those questions here in just a moment. But for those who may have missed what was just a beautiful service at Gainbridge Fieldhouse earlier today. The most emotional moments, at least in my opinion, watching it are when his sons came up as a group. And this is John Durham Jr. talking about his dad. Family told me to to write down a, a speech, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be my dad's son if I didn't just wing it. <laughs> if you knew him, he. He, he didn't know a stranger. Whether it was the first time he met you, it was like he knew him for 20 years. I mean, every all the stories I heard last night was he brought food in for everybody to work, brought in donuts. He was the life of the party. He, he, he was a good man. He, he, he lived life to the fullest. He treated everybody with respect, the inmates, to the people he worked with, to our family. He was, he was a great man. I love you, Dad. Wow. Emotional. Man, you hear it in his voice. Now, after John Jr. spoke, uh, another son, Corey, came up. And I think Corey, who was older than John Jr., realized, you know, a lot of people were sad. A lot of people were crying. His younger brother was having a hard time. So I think he wanted to lift up the mood of the room just a little bit. I get it. Everyone needs to cry, but uh, you, you can be happy. You can smile. It's okay. It's perfectly fine. And you know why? We have a beautiful man, Jesus Christ, that's sitting there with Dad right now. Smiling, laughing, dancing, you name it, they're doing it. Um, So it's okay. Smile when you see me. Smile. However you feel, whatever you're feeling right now, just whether it's a round of applause, whether you want to stand up and just thank God or anything. So if we could, just please, let's give Dad a round of applause and just make any noise you want. It doesn't matter. One final standing ovation. I thought that was really cool. And what an amazing outlook Corey has on the passing of his father, Deputy Durham. That was very powerful. 
Here is Marion County Sheriff Kerry Forrestal. Let us be inspired by the heroism and commitment demonstrated by John. Let us channel our grief into a renewed determination to create safer neighborhoods and to continue to build bridges between communities and law enforcement. It was a solemn honor to posthumously award John with the Purple Heart and the Medal of Valor. But we can all honor the memory of Deputy John Durham by redoubling our efforts to create a society where law and order prevail, where respect for the rule of law is upheld, and where our brave men and women in uniform can serve without fear. Let us recommit ourselves to a future where our officers return home safely at the end of a shift, knowing their sacrifice is appreciated and their service is valued. One of the things I think we've learned as a community since this tragedy took place, uh, number one, how much this guy loved his family, always talked about his family, and how much he loved the Indiana Pacers and Reggie Miller. Mm. He used to work courtside uh, during the days where Reggie was still playing for the Pacers and developed some sort of relationship with Reggie. And recently, I think it was John Jr. was really excited. They got Reggie's jersey and game-worn shorts in like a big picture, and they were hanging that on the wall, framed it. That was there at the Fieldhouse today, and so was a message from Reggie Miller. Oh, wow. Hello, everyone. I'm Reggie Miller. And like all of you, we mourn the loss of Deputy John Durham. This is an incredibly sad time. But know this, and I would love to speak to the family, especially the boys, John or Johnny Jr., Corey, Robert, Bryce. Your father was incredibly proud of each of you guys spoke of you highly. It's funny how fate is at times. Uh, The times your father and I crossed paths, um, all he could talk about was the joyful glee he had in his boys, in his family. Look around you at Gamebridge right now. This is how much your father was loved to have a service like this with all the people that cared and loved for him so much there in that field house. Yeah, that was a like, recorded message from Reggie. It sounded like uh, Deputy Durham was just universally loved, not only through his family, but his friends, his co-workers. Reggie Miller, you said you said he did security back in the day for the Pacers? Right. That's how he got to, got to know Reggie? Right. Okay. Wow. And was always a big Reggie fan, and there today, you know, by the casket on the stage next to the pictures of the family was that autographed, I'm sorry, the big framed Reggie Miller jersey and shorts uh, that the boys worked to put together. And unfortunately, we've heard way too many of these lately, but after the funeral ends and the procession makes its way to Crown Hill Cemetery, you have that emotional 1042 end of watch call. And this took place in front of the Community Justice Center. On July 10th, 2023, Marion County Sheriff Deputy John Durham answered his final call. While transporting a prisoner from a medical appointment, Deputy Durham was assaulted and killed. There is no greater love than a man that would lay down their life for another. Marion County Sheriff's Office, Deputy John Durham, Sheriff 333, is 1042. He has gone home for the final time. Man, that gives me chills every time I hear those. 
just I can't imagine what the family is going through. But unfortunately, so many families around central Indiana, whether it's the Shanavas family, whether it's the Bradway family, they know exactly what it's like. So the questions now remain. You know, after today's tribute and tears and sadness, the real reality is there are some questions surrounding the death of this fallen yeah, hero. I was gone last week when this happened. Can you briefly reset exactly what what went down? So I mean, they, they mentioned it there in the 1042 call. Orlando bit, yeah. Mitchell. Now, if that name rings a bell to you, this was the scumbag that shot and murdered the woman in front of the daycare center. Yes, she should have never been out of jail to do that. In first place, right? He had beaten her while she was pregnant prior to that in front of a child, and then he broke his probationary violations, broke into the house wanting his kids back. This guy, for all of that activity, served one day in jail. That was before, of course, he shot his girlfriend to death in front of the daycare center. Correct. One day in jail, slapped with an ankle monitor, and then after shooting that same woman to death in front of children, he fled and turned a rifle on police. Had an officer not shot Orlando Mitchell, perhaps more people would have died. Now, unfortunately, and I mean that with all my heart, unfortunately, he didn't die. And he was taken to the hospital, and he was charged with murder. So he ends up having some medical situation, and Marion County Deputy John Durham is tasked with taking him to get the treatment that he needs. Something happens with the handcuffs where he gets a little bit loose. They start wrestling around, and he uses the handcuff chain to choke and kill Mm. Deputy Durham. And then he uncuffs his handcuffs, uses the vehicle as a battering ram, tries to make a run for it, crashes, and is ultimately apprehended. So my questions are, what has to happen so this doesn't happen Again, what happened with the handcuff situation? How was he able to use those as a device to choke and kill someone? And is it normal for this violent of a suspect? And this was a violent dude for one deputy to be in charge of that. We're not talking about a guy busted for tax evasion in the back seat. You're talking about some of the worst human beings in the planet, and he's right there at the table. Is it normal for one person to be in charge of him? Well, we all know the IMPD and the Sheriff's Department are both severely understaffed at this point, desperately looking for people and recruits. So their their recruiting goals are, are very underwhelming right now. So if it's a staffing issue, I mean, you've got to find somebody else to go on that run, though. You pull somebody in from a run somewhere. Again, this was a horrible human being. And listen, I will be completely honest here. I'm very happy that Ryan Mears has hit this guy with the death penalty. I was surprised. But I will tip my hat to the Marion County Prosecutor's Department. They are now hitting Orlando Mitchell with the death penalty. And I just hope that one day this guy meets his maker. These things take sometimes seven to ten years. Years upon years. Some guys are sitting on Indiana death row right now, completely out of appeals, just sitting there hanging out. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer's over there. My name is Nigel. Thanks to everybody that filled in for me last week. You know the list better than I do. Guy Relford was here Monday. Right, that's his usual guest spot. And then we had uh, Indy Spanglish. Spangs! Jerry was here. Uh, Ethan Hatcher, Tony Kennett, all helping out through the week. Right on. All did great work. But it's good to have you back. Where were you? Uh, I was at at Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, living the lake life for a week. Um, And more specifically, at this place called Camp Brocious. It's a family camp. That's where all the bros go. <laughs> no, Camp, camp Brocious. It's actually affiliated with IU. The founders were heavy IU supporters. And it's been around for like 100 years. And families go for 10 weeks every year. And just, I mean, it's a traditional, like, you know, it's communal bathrooms. I'm pooping next to people I don't know and showering next to people I don't know all week. And there's, uh, you know, usually college-aged camp counselors that take the kids in the morning and they afternoon to do traditional summer camp stuff while all the adults can go do whatever they want and so uh and the unique th- the, the cool thing is w- we just happened to arrive at the time when the spooth family uh was there and the spooths are the ones that uh, are were original founders of this place so did you have a bromance so they, with the spooths? So, so 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 their kids their grandkids and kids and kids have been going for like a, a century to this place and people come from all over the country i guess from from florida to Colorado to Washington State, so it was it was unique. We stayed in cabins and stuff like that. And did you have Wi-Fi at all? Were you able uh, to keep up on things? I, I checked my phone from time to time. Texted you once or twice, um, but no, I really was able to just kind of tune out for the entire week. And there were boats, and you know, you could pay one of the college counselors to watch your kids at night, so you could go into town and have a few drinks. <laughs> we, we we rented a pontoon all week, which was money. Um, it was just like living on the lake. All week, but it was instead of a like an Airbnb, it was a campground, a true to its form. Did a, you bring back any spotted cow? No, man, I know, come on. I know, I, I dude. Didn't. I, I, what am I thinking, right? <laughs> that stuff, dude. Is, that stuff is like gold around here in India. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, but I no, love we the were, spotted cow. We were all loaded up on drinks, and we went with a couple other families we knew. The kids had a blast, and uh, it was definitely a unique experience. Um, I was glad to be able to sit down privately in a toilet and do my business as opposed to the you know the communal sure. showers and bathrooms which i hadn't experienced really until you know when i was a kid going to you know <laughs> church camps and stuff like that so yeah elkhart lake you should check it out it's really nice it was awesome it is officially summer camp season yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. don't let your kids have all the fun right right you as an adult should have a little taste of the action Luckily for you, there's a place available. Parents, if your kids are out of control and climbing the walls, drop them off at Grandma's house and head to Camp Tokadoobie. <laughs> Start your day with a wake and bake. It's the ultimate bud and breakfast. Camp Tokadoobie will take away all of the stresses of parenting and let you relax, maybe listen to some reggae, chill, join in the daily activities like cannabis yoga, consciousness, or learn to roll the perfect joint. And of course, the 420 happy hour. Of course. Camp Toka Doobie. 
your most relaxing week of the year. Yeah, there was a, that was nothing like the camp I went to. <laughs> <laughs> there was beer and cocktails allowed by the adults, but uh, no no dubs, so now, to speak. was no. it really hot there? Because in certain parts of the country, mainly the Southwest, we're talking like 113, 114 degrees. Yeah, no, Wisconsin's pretty, you know, it's uh, it's up north a little bit. It's in, um, oh, I, I mean, it's, it's not quite to Green Bay, so it was windy, a little bit cool. Cooler, rained a couple days. Um, Did you get the Canadian smoky air no, at all? Uh, the the main guy Tommy there, the program director, said a few weeks ago they did, and they had to, everybody had to stay inside for a day. Wow, it was yeah. that bad? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So whether it's the intense heat or that damn Canadian no. wildfire smoke making its way around, we thought here at Hammer and Nigel show we should use our record label, mm-hmm. Hammer and Nigel records to our advantage and we put together this little song that encompasses those that are burning and things that are physically burning. It's friggin' hot (laughs) It's friggin' hot The ocean's become a giant lobster pot It's friggin' hot It's friggin' hot Hotter than a wife whose husband just got caught. Oh. I look to the sky, say, God, please send help. But what good is heaven? I'm already burning in hell. Oh. It's friggin' hot. It's friggin' hot. My bowl of dippin' dots are now dripping drops. It's friggin' hot. Oh. It's friggin' hot. Like Margot Robbie tossed in Carolina Reaper wing sauce. Your girl's <laughs> acting crazy, has a bad attitude. You would too if you had sweat dripping from your boobs. It's friggin' hot. It's friggin' hot. It's friggin' hot. There we go. Bravo. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Second Amendment attorney and licensed firearms instructor Guy Relford, host of the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC live in studio. Guy, how are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street in Brownsburg or PremierArms.com. You know, I feel feel very honored. I'm sure sharing the studio with not only a two-way scholar, <laughs> but also a shock jock. Yes. Uh, yes. Hammer, Jason Hammer shock jock. Hammer was referred to in some article that was written about this whole Jefferson Sharif thing oh, that yeah. I, apparently I missed. I went, went went down Friday. Can you maybe briefly reset what all you guys talked about? Uh, Sharif, of course, going up against Hogshead. He's a Republican. Um, he's a Republican front runner for mayor. And uh, the public safety policy was released last week of one Mr. Jefferson Shreve. Well, exactly. Last Thursday, uh, Jefferson Shreve announced his so-called public safety plan, and and it is pretty much uh, based around gun control. And again, this is a Republican, I'll put that in quotes, Republican candidate for mayor in Indianapolis, and he, and he basically just regurgitated the exact same gun control proposal that Hogs had already put out. And the only thing missing is he's, he's not proposing a ban on all concealed carry, but he wants to repeal constitutional carry in Marion County. He wants to ban so-called assault weapons. 
who wants to raise the minimum age to buy any firearm to 21, which, by the way, as we've talked about, Marion County, Indianapolis can't do. There's a state statute right on point. So they can't regulate firearms like that. It's illegal. And so you can't do it. Well, no, my plan is I'm going to go to the legislature and I'm going to talk into amending the preemption statute. And, uh, allowing Marion County to do this, which uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I've been talking to legislators most of the, of, the, of the day today about how likely that is to happen. But at any rate, so Thursday, you know, I was here and we did a kind of a Thursday edition of Monday Gun Day. I'm talking to Jason um, and Tony Kennett. And, and we were all pretty critical of the Shreve uh, proposal for any number of reasons, because first of all, it, it, lets, it lets hogs it off the hook on his biggest weakness, his biggest vulnerability, which is crime. Right. And, and the whole Hogsett proposal on gun control is complete sleight of hand. It's complete diversion. It's like, oh, no, it's not uh, the administration in Indianapolis and the Marion County prosecutor being weak on crime. Oh, no, no. It's not the fact that we have more people out on ankle monitors than any city in the country, not per capita, total numbers. Oh, no, that's not it. It's not that we have the bond project, the bail project, and you're bailing out violent criminals who go out and murder people. No, no, none of that's it. It's guns, and we need to pass gun control, and that'll right. keep people safe. So by Shreve proposing the exact same gun control proposals, all he's doing is he's 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 letting hogs it off the hook on his biggest weakness. So anyway, we all talked about this. We were very critical. And lo and behold, um, an article came out on a blog or uh, a we- website. It, yeah, it's on Substack, but it's from a group called Importantville. I, n- I hadn't heard of them. I think Adam Oren might be involved in that. Okay. That's the guy that once, uh, along with Politico, outed the sexual assault of a service woman. I Just for you. people's point of reference to want to know who Adam Wren is. But, uh, but apparently they have some credibility because both and his principal strategist, a guy named Mark Lubbers, uh, gave an extensive interview to these people. And what's interesting is that the conversation I had with Jason and Tony Kennett on Thursday was prominently discussed. And uh, they they asked this Mr. Lubbers, this chief, chief strategist, um, said, hey, you know, Relford said that, uh, you're, that the Shrill Shreve campaign is DOA before it ever got started, which I tweeted. And that uh, and I, I posted WTF, are you thinking? Meaning, why'd you kill your own campaign by alienating so much of your base with anti-2A proposals? And Jason uh, said something similar which on the air, which was, yeah, Shreve lost today. So they quoted these those things to this Mark Lubbers guy, and he came out and he said, this is a quote, Relford and his ilk preach their gun religion. Okay, keep in mind, this is a strategist for a Republican candidate. Relford and his ilk preach their gun religion from the gated communities in Carmel. (laughs) They can have whatever gun laws they want. Let us have the ones we need. So he thinks this is really profound. Okay, well, let me tell you something. I live in Indianapolis. (laughs) I live in Marion County. And with all due respect, and I mean with all due respect, I got five bucks lubber's pee sitting down. (laughs) Oh, yeah. By the way, this came out, and I had a guy I've known for a long time, very active in Indiana politics, call me. He goes, goes, you know where lubber's lives? And I go, where? He goes, Meridian Kessler. (laughs) That's very nice. And I I started laughing. It's probably the most expensive neighborhood in Indianapolis. Jefferson Shreve just sold his business for $590 million, <laughs> and I, I have no idea where he lives and what his house looks like, I'm pretty sure my house would fit in his garage. And this is why I'm still so upset, because people were asking me all weekend long, man, you were pretty hot on Thursday. Are you all right? I thought 
Jefferson Shreve had a good puncher's chance of beating Joe Hogshead. Joe was probably still the favorite, but I thought we had a ball game here because money bags over here, Richie Rich is going to run tons of commercials and at least he'll have a chance. Yes. But then he releases his gun control plan and basically says, guys like me who have never been arrested, shockingly, uh, never been arrested, take care of their family, pay their taxes, go to work every day, love people around them. I'm the problem because I want to carry my firearm around downtown Indianapolis. Yeah, right. Bite me. That's not the plan here. And really, this is what really burns me up more than anything else. Hawksett's numbers were starting to crater, even within very blue Marion County. And this gun control plan from Joe was a Hail Mary. Yes. It's never going to become the law. The Republican-dominated state house would never change any of these things around. It's a total Hail Mary. He threw crap against the wall, and Jefferson Shreve said, well, let me see if I can throw a bigger <laughs> piece of crap against the wall. He bought into it. The, he the, endorsed the, uh, Hawksett's diversionary campaign. Campaign. He, it, it's just a, a distraction that hogs it throughout, and Jefferson Shreve bought into it. But it's it's worse than that, and and that's why I was so shocked by this article and the quotes we saw, particularly from this Einstein Mark Lubbers, because <laughs> that what they've apparently decided, guys, and th- this is huge, they've apparently decided that support of the Second Amendment is is a, a, a flaw within the Republican Party, and that it's an extremist view. This is. Support for a, a constitutional guarantee of a freedom the founders gave us. He's decided that's an extremist view, and they need to back the Republican Party. This is the entire Republican Party. I'm not talking Marion County. I'm talking about Republican politics generally. They need to back the Republican Party away from the support of the Second Amendment, and that'll that'll benefit the Republican Party when they know they're no longer being dragged down by support of the Constitution. Because this is the quote. And this is, for, again, from Mark Lovers. This is the beginning of the revolution to return common sense and the courage and courage. Excuse me. Let me bring that again. This is the beginning of the revolution to return common sense and courage to the soul of the Republican Party. You're, you're going to return common sense and courage to the soul of the Republican Party by turning your back on the Second Amendment. That's their plan right here in Marion County. You think I want to see them get a toehold on that BS? That's amazing to me. Let me play you a piece of audio. This is from the rollout, the announcement that Jefferson Shreve had last Thursday. A reporter asked him, listen, what you want to do, it requires the Indiana General Assembly to change the laws. How are you going to do that? Take a listen. I believe that a Republican administration in the mayor's office can advance these policies, this agenda, in ways that the Hogshead administration has not even attempted to. So you've specifically talked to legislative leaders about uh, carving out exceptions possibly for Indianapolis on uh, purchase of firearms, permits, carry, assault weapons. James, I've, I've had serious conversations with the leadership of the House and Senate on these, and these are real-time, serious conversations, one-to-one, direct. And I can't tell you specifically what their caucuses may agree to, but yes. And I'll, I'll work those relationships vigorously. I mean, that's, that's part and parcel of the job of mayor to be lobbyist in chief, if you will, to advocate for your city. 
guy. He sounds like he wants to play a game of let's make a deal when it comes to the Second Amendment. Yeah, yeah it's exactly right. So and he's he, got contact. He's saying he's got contacts within the legislatures, right. seeming to seemingly saying, hey, we can make this work. Exactly. I mean, I would guess over the last, what, 10 years, I've, I've spent roughly, oh, say, a thousand times more time over in the state house than Jefferson Shreve has. And uh, and I talked to the legislators, and I, and I did so all day today. I obviously had to work my real job uh, into the agenda as well. But for instance, on the drive down here from my office, which is, by the way, is not in a gated community. Uh, I've never lived in a gated community in my life. But at any rate, uh, on my way down here, cares I, was, we did. Yeah. I was talking to legislators, and uh, the first one I talked to, uh, who had a, a, a major role in passing the preemption statute that we're talking about here? I said, "Do you hear Jeff, Jefferson Shreve's presser? He says he's going to uh, he's going to amend the preemption law, and he's having substantial conversation, important conversations, you know, and, uh, that uh, he thinks is, is going to bear fruit in the General Assembly." And this guy laughed out loud. He literally <laughs> laughed out loud, and he said, "Good luck." And he said, "He said that's not going to go anywhere. He said he won't get a hearing." He said, "Now, will you get? Could you go talk to a Republican senator today?" Uh, Kyle Walker, for instance, uh, voted against us on constitutional care. He's right here in Indy. And I could see him. He's a Republican, quote unquote. Um, but he's he's always been weak on the Second Amendment. He voted against us on constitutional carry. Could I see a conversation between Kyle Walker? And again, I have no idea whether they had this or not. Uh, and Jefferson Shreve, where Kyle Walker said, yes, I will help you out on this. I will support it. Sure, I can see that. You know how badly he got his butt kicked <laughs> when, when he voted against constitutional carry in, in the General Assembly? I mean, and again, we had, we had yes, we had some Republicans vote against it, but we still passed overwhelmingly. Right. And so, you know, could I see a Republican here or there? I mean, and the Democrats, oh my gosh, you know, you go to, uh, to a number of the Democrats and say, hey, would you support this? Oh, they're all going to say yes. It's going to have some good window dressing, but it's not going anywhere. And what would you say to, I, mean, I think Sharif, one of the things he's going to stand on is that the he says, I stand with law enforcement on the issue of constitutional carry. Yeah, and that's you know, a pretty powerful um, leg to stand on. Yeah, but it's also a lie to the extent that they come out and they say that law enforcement was monolithic and universal in opposing constitutional carry. Okay. Did we have law enforcement oppose it? You bet. I mean, yeah, you know, and, and we've talked about all this. Uh, uh, Doug Carter, uh, who, again, is a friend of mine, I respect a lot. He was our most vocal opponent in the General Assembly, Indiana uh, Republic, or Superintendent of Indiana State Police. Um, so, so, sure, but we also had multiple law enforcement officers come in and testify for it, including the sheriff in, in, in Hamilton County, Dennis Quakenbush. And and, and many others. So, and by the way, when you talk about the, you talk to the leadership, you go to, to chiefs who are basically political appointees, right? And how they feel about it, that's one thing. Go to elected sheriffs and then go to the rank and file on the street. Completely, completely different. You're 100% right because I've got a lot of friends in law yes. enforcement. Just because the mouthpiece says something doesn't mean the body feels that way. Absolutely. And, and last thing on this before I move on, because there is another story I want to talk to you about. Sure. This was not brought up during the primary. There's a no. lot of people that feel like they wasted their vote on Jefferson Shreve in the primary if they would have known he was going to stab law-abiding citizens like us in the back. Maybe they would have voted for Abdul. Maybe they would have voted for somebody else. But this didn't come up, and he does it now. That's a weasel move. That's a snake-in-the-grass move. And I'm so passionate because I dislike Joe Hogsett so much. I wanted to believe in this dude. I wanted to put the sign in my yard, 
but he's going to blame me for the problems in Indianapolis. Go to hell. Yeah. Guy Relford in studio with us. It's Monday gun day. Guy, this is a somber anniversary. It was one year ago that the Greenwood Park Mall shooting took place where three people lost their lives. Could have been a lot worse had it not been for your client, Eli Dickin. I'm just curious as to your thoughts, one year removed here, and the information that we found out last week, some of that stuff that was on the shooter's phone. Yeah, I mean, the the FBI finally cracked the code on this guy's iPhone, and they found a lot of of, uh, Nazi references and whatnot. And I don't know that there was anything um, all that dramatic in that. Uh, anything other than what we expected. A possible suicide note from April 9th, 2020, which if that's the case, that tells us this guy had been disturbed and thinking about doing these heinous acts for almost two years. Yeah. Um, But but, but to me, what I think about it, and I'm glad you started the discussion as you did, Jason, because we we always ought to think about the three innocent people that lost their lives, and and that's the most important thing. But, But, you know, one thing that's been really important to me as I've seen because you know I, I travel all over the country I take a lot of training classes all over the country I've now been to four classes tra- firearms training classes outside the, the state of Indiana where an instructor at some point talked about Eli Dickin and the Greenwood Park Mall shooting and talked about how important it was that, that an armed citizen was there and available and uh, and that's enc- that's encouraged a lot of people and and a lot of p- more people are and the last thing I'll throw out I know we, we, we have a time crunch but under Hogsett and Shreve's proposals they're going to roll back constitutional carry, Hawkson wants to do away with concealed carry, is that going to be, make it more or less likely we're going to have another Eli Dickin if another one of these breaks out at a mall in Indianapolis? Please follow him on Twitter. You will learn something. He can help you. At Guy Relford. Guy, thank you for coming down. You're the best. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there. More fallout from the Iowa presidential forum hosted by Tucker Carlson last Friday. First of all, Carlson, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson, obviously the face of Fox News, was fired a couple of months ago from Fox News for reasons we still don't understand or know. But he's been on quite a roll lately. He's, uh, I think there are rumors, or there are more than rumors, that he's starting his own media empire and currently looking for big dollar investors. He's got like a million dollar sponsor for his Twitter show that he has, and he was hosting these uh, presidential forums over the weekend that were very hot. So, everybody <laughs> that matters, with the exception of the front runner for the Republican Party, Donald Trump, was at this little shindig in Iowa. I noticed he said everybody that matters, but Chris Christie wasn't there either. <laughs> we'll get to Chris Christie. You just sit okay. tight. All we'll right. get to Chris Christie. So, Tucker Carlson was drilling the candidates predominantly about Ukraine, the war, Ukraine against Russia, and nobody, I think, dropped the ball more than Mike Pence did. Now, let's not get it twisted. Tim Scott had a bad answer. Asia Hutchinson had a bad answer. But nobody 
dropped the ball harder than Mike Pence did. Here, take a listen. We promised them 33 Abrams tanks in January. I heard again two weeks ago in Ukraine, they still don't have them. We've been telling them we'll train their F-16 pilots, but now they're saying maybe January we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President, have you, I know you're running for president. You are are distressed that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. (laughs) Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. (laughs) Now, he says that twice, Nige. Yeah, I I think he's talking about the the tanks and stuff in Ukraine. And it's an unfortunate soundbite. But I think he wasn't saying at least... Initially, I thought that's what he was saying, was he's not concerned about deteriorating cities in America. But I think what he's really alluding to there is like, you know, Tucker mentioned, you're concerned with tanks in Ukraine. And I think that's what, as unfortunate of a soundbite as that is, it could be taking, taken the wrong way. It just, yeah, he sure didn't put on a great performance, Pence did. There no. wasn't a lot of America first in the answers of all of these candidates. DeSantis didn't do too bad. Ramaswamy didn't do too bad. No, I liked Ramaswamy. He did. He, I thought he did well. But Tucker's whole angle here is: listen, you can say what you want about Ukraine. You can say what you want about Russia. But honestly, more American deaths are coming because of fentanyl coming across the Mexican border. You know, China, is that their doing? Is it Mexico's doing? Why don't we spend some money in the United States? That was Tucker's angle. And all of these guys just screwed up that question incredibly bad. Now, Mike Pence wasn't done because, as you know, Mike Pence, he prides himself on being a man of faith. Some people would point to him as being the religious candidate of this GOP field this year. Well, Tucker Carlson kind of asked him about the Christians that are being persecuted in Ukraine by the Ukrainian government. On this question, it's very clear that the Zelensky government has arrested priests for having views they disagree with. That's not consistent with religious liberty. It's an attack on it, and we're funding it. And I'm just wondering how is it, and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, but I sincerely wonder how a Christian leader could support the arrest of Christians for having different views. Well, what, what, what I can tell you is I asked the Christian leader in Kiev if that was in fact happening, and he assured me that it was not. People were not being persecuted for their religious beliefs. Now, let me take a break here. I know we disagree on this strongly, but I, I respect your right to your opinion on Ukraine, and I trust you'll respect mine. And I believe that it is in the interest of the United States of America to continue to give the Ukrainian military the resources that they need to repel the Russian invasion and restore their sovereignty. So you see where Mike Pence and Tucker Carlson are having a little disagreement here. Tucker's like, wait a minute, you are Mr. Religious Freedom. Rifra, anybody. You're Mr. (laughs) Religious Freedom. 
but we've got credible reports that Zelensky's government is locking up uh, Christians in Ukraine. How can you want to send them more money? How can you send them more aid? Here's a little bit more of that back and forth. Would you, may, may I ask, would, would you be, and I, I believe you have a good faith position on this, and we have disagreements on it, but I want to just, and I, I can't let you elide over the question of the treatment of Christians. And I, I know, I, I heard and that would again. You be, well, no, but hold on. Would you, you, would you problem be problem is you don't accept my answer. I just told you that I asked the religious leader in Uh-oh. Kiev if it was happening. You asked me if I raised the issue, and I did. And I'm saying I also raised it with the correct. Ukrainians, and I was told that there are... Don't you think... Let me explain to you what I think our national interest is. There. I would think you would have greater concern for religious liberty in Ukraine. And I'm surprised I, I by told your you answer. I raised the issue of religious liberty. No, you spoke to one person who's clearly I didn't on say one I side of it. Person. And I, there are many, many news reports that are not disputed by anybody that right. many clergy have been arrested in Ukraine. And I'm merely saying I may not agree with their views. I'm not Russian Orthodox. But you can't arrest clergy for having different views, period. Because if you do, you violate the basic tenet of look, religious I, liberty. I won't look. I want to be clear with you. I won't stand by it. I won't stand for it. So you heard that crowd reaction there, Nige. Who do you think the crowd is behind? Mike Pence or Tucker Carlson? Oh, please. They were booing Mike Pence at one point. And I think the problem with the whole Ukraine thing is, yeah, they've got a blank check. Um, we're going to go as long as it takes. But nobody really knows what that means. And what does it mean to win in Ukraine? What does a win look like? Nobody can define that exactly. And while I think I want nothing to do with Ukraine. By the way, I, I, I don't want anything. I don't want to be involved. In it. You want to send humanitarian aid? Fine. But the goalposts keep getting moved back. Now Biden wants to possibly send in reserves, reserve troops to Ukraine. Remember when Patriot missiles weren't even a possibility? And then all of a sudden we're giving them missiles. And then tanks weren't a possibility. Oh, yeah, we're giving them tanks. No, no troops on the ground. No, that's the red line. And now Biden's considering sending reservists over there. <laughs> I just, where I just don't like where this is headed. What I loved about this Iowa event is that you're not going to find that on television. You're not going to go to CNN and see Jake Tapper criticize a Democrat. You're not going to turn on MSNBC and see Rachel Maddow or Joy Reid say something critical about a Democrat. Tucker Carlson's right there with Mike Pence giving him the business right to his face. Both guys are on the same side. Both guys are Republicans. But that's why I love Tucker. That's why I think this event worked. If this were on television, you'd find a bunch of butt sniffers that would just carry the water for people. That's not what Tucker did here. And I thought that's why this event worked. Well, I'm just disappointed. I I feel like it was a failure because they didn't get Chris Christie to come to the forum. The buffet wasn't promised. And that's why (laughs) Christie was a no-go. They couldn't uh, guarantee that the buffet would be intact. Uh, Yeah, he wasn't there. Chris Christie was a no-go. And what Christie did in turn was jump on ABC with, speaking of butt sniffers, George Sniffleopagus, <laughs> always sniffing that rear end of the Democrats, um, and says that Tucker's always been wrong about Ukraine. I would have said, you've always been wrong about this, Tucker, and you're still wrong. That, in fact, what's going on, George, is that this is a proxy war with China. 
the Chinese are funding the Russian war by buying Russian oil. They're coordinating with the Iranians to provide lethal weapons uh, to the Russian army. And we can decide when to have this conflict. Right now, the Ukrainians are willing to fight this fight for themselves if they have our support to be able to win it. Um, if the Chinese watch us back away from Ukraine, as Tucker Carlson and others would uh, advocate, believe me, the next move will be Taiwan. He was getting standing ovations. You don't think that's a big sell in the Republican Party? I don't. And I'll tell you, as I travel around, George, look, I'm not saying there's not some division in the party. There is. That's obvious. But I still absolutely believe, both from what I've seen in polling and what I'm experiencing anecdotally, that a majority of Republicans want us to be supporting Ukraine because those folks are fighting for their own freedom, their own liberty, and they're degrading the Russian army and sending a message to the Chinese. Those are all good things for America. Ukraine is not a U.S. ally. That's the thing. Ukraine is not a United States ally. Just because you might hate Russia worse doesn't mean you have to stick your nose in it. And to a lesser extent, why didn't he go to this presidential forum with Tucker Carlson through the Blaze Network and answer those questions instead of Sniffleupagus? Well, Tucker has responded on Twitter. Nige, quote, sounds like this could be a longer conversation. We just asked Governor Christie to sit down and explain his views on Ukraine. He refused. You hate to think that Chris Christie is a blustery coward <laughs> who plays the tough guy with sycophants at ABC, but won't answer real questions. But who knows? We hope he reconsiders. That was the tweet from Tucker Carlson. Now, DeSantis was there. He probably did the best out of anybody there. He didn't wow the crowd. He didn't, you know, electrify the crowd. It wasn't like he walked off stage and you wanted Van Halen to play one more song, uh, but he didn't embarrass himself like a lot of those candidates did. Now, are you good with this? DeSantis He's going to have a big sit-down interview with Jake Tapper on CNN. Oh, boy. Big get for Tapper. Wow. Now, a lot of Trump fans are like, look at him running to CNN. But guess what Donald Trump did earlier in the year? Yeah. Had a big, high-profile town hall with Caitlin Collins on CNN. I think if you're Ron DeSantis, you've got to try anything right now to try to get some momentum going. Got to kickstart that campaign just a little bit. Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? Now that you are back, Nige, I'll run the stories by you. You break down all the information and tell us if it's anything or not. Alrighty. Is this anything? A TikToker is now claiming that she struggles from time blindness. Is that a real thing? Time blindness? What is that? It's basically someone who is constantly late and tardy. They have trouble being, you know, on time to various places. Here they are making their case for time <laughs> blindness. So I'm applying to go somewhere, and I just wanted to know, are there accommodations for people who struggle with time blindness and being on time? And then the person I was with interrupted and acted like I was asking something else. And then when we were done, they actually started yelling at me and saying that accommodations for time blindness doesn't exist. And if you struggle with being on time, you'll never be able to get a job. And yeah, I think that a culture where workers are just cut off because they struggle with being on time. Yeah, that culture needs to be dismantled. 
<laughs> Dismantle the culture of uh, bosses requiring you to be on time for your job because of a made-up condition called time blindness. Welcome to Generation Z, where they talk like this. And I'm applying for a job, and I'm just inquiring to find out if you have accommodations for time blindness. You have your uh, own bathroom. Be here at 8. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine somebody looking at you and talking like this and saying, before I decide whether or not I want to come work for you, I need to know if there are accommodations for time blindness. Well, we, we did have Ari around for a little while. Ari was close. <laughs> Ari got he, close a few times. Yeah, there was there was a few times uh, he was out. Uh, he was he was down at Qdoba, and Matt Bear had to come in here and run the soundboard <laughs> for us because he didn't get back in time. Time blindness this, this was is, close. Yeah, but I mean, just that's I mean, pretty much par for the course for TikTok and Generation Z. I don't know what comes after Generation Z. I don't want to know, but uh, I, you know, I weep for the future. Can we get Hootie to make a song? Time! <laughs> Why you blinded me? That was, that was a little bit of Hootie plus Eddie Vedder. All was, my musical impressions sound the same, pretty much. My Hootie, my Eddie Vedder, it's all the same. Is this anything? A member of the Detroit Police Board of Commissioners has resigned after being Caught with a hooker. Oh, no. And performing sexual acts. Oh, goodness. Uh, now, the um, commissioner's board member being caught says that it's all a big misunderstanding. Here is the <laughs> uh, police captain talking about what the officers saw firsthand. From my information, when they came upon his vehicle, he was having a sex act conducted on him. At that time, Mr. Brian Ferguson stepped out, identified himself as a Detroit police commissioner. Obviously, it was blatant. It's, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning. It, you know, it's light out. A title or a position uh, doesn't make him above the law. It's all a big misunderstanding, huh? That was not a sex act, what you saw performing. You did not see my pants around my ankles. I mean, just saying it's a, you know, it's all a big misunderstanding is the equivalent of that scene in Something About Mary in the highway rest area. <laughs> where it's the, 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 all the guys are doing lewd acts to each other, and Ben Stiller trips over, and then the cops bust him. I, I was just peeing, and then all the other guys stand up. Uh, yeah, I was just I was just peeing, too. We're yeah, all just we're peeing. All just peeing. Yeah, you were all just peeing. Now, I'm looking at this guy, this Detroit police commissioner, by the way. He's not a bad-looking guy. He doesn't look like a guy that would need to go to a known prostitute. And it's a show, <laughs> it also shows a picture of him and his wife. His wife's hot. Some people just need it more than others. It's 7 o'clock in the morning, I believe. Is what I took from that, <laughs> Nigel thinks only ugly people get hookers. <laughs> that needs to be on, like, if we get the Hammer and Nigel Show merch store going, only ugly people get hookers. <laughs> Nigel. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Oops, Kamala Harris did it again, Hammer. She used her... I don't know, how do you say it? She used her go-to line, her crutch line, if you will, right? Catchphrase, maybe. Some people would call it a catchphrase. Like, remember on the old Tonight Show, Ed McMahon's go-to, his catchphrase was, hi-oh! Right. And then... Right. Uh, 
on uh, the Larry Sanders show, uh, the character based off of Ed McMahon. I think it was Hank Kingsley. Yeah. Hey now. Hey now. So Kamala Harris, her go-to line is unburdened by what has been. <laughs> and she was there speaking at some event with Jesse Jackson. And take a listen to what she brings to the conversation. And it is with this understanding, this vision, to see what can be unburdened by what has been. There it is. That Rev has dedicated his life to building that coalition. Now, if you think we're making this up, here's a little montage of previous and very different speeches from one Kamala Harris. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been, you know? What can be unburdened by what has been? 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 What can be? Unburdened by what has been. What can be? Unburdened by what has been. Who we can be? Unburdened by who we have been. What can be? Unburdened by what has been. Where we can be, unburdened by where we have been, and unburdened by where we are right now. What can be? (laughs) Come on. What has been. Oh, that's your vice president right there. She's working on the really important stuff. One of the headlines I saw last week was that Kamala is uh, is was working on accessible bathrooms and airplanes. Did you read that headline? Did you I see that? missed that yeah, one. Yeah, that's one of the things she's concentrating on, making sure that all airplanes have accessible bathrooms for people. So when she met, I'm sure, with uh, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, right. that was probably number one thing at the top of their list. <laughs> Not labor shortages or anything like that. She's, she's got to feel like such an idiot. She is working for a nincompoop who she accused of being racist, believed his accuser, and a t- Tara Reid, and she was the first to drop out of the Democrats during their primary. And all of that, I mean, she gave up her gig as one of the 100 most powerful people in the country to be basically a figurehead for a doofus. She, she's got to feel bitter. She was hired solely because she was an African-American woman. That is all. Let's go back to the doofus and nincompoop for just a moment, because he also has been known to use the same phrase over and over again. Ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. No one needs to have a weapon that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds, unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests or something. What in God's name do you need a solvent for except to kill someone? Deer aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. Man, assault weapons with high-capacity magazines hold up 100 rounds. You think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests? When the Democrats find a joke or a phrase, they burn it down, baby. They go at it time after time. Remember during the Democratic primary that took place just before 2020, Amy Klobuchar 
she announced her run for the presidency during this really snowy event. And Donald Trump had made a joke about it. And I swear to God, every single speech Amy Klobuchar gave, it didn't matter which TV network it was, she got this in. So I wrote back, hey, Donald Trump, the science is on my side. And I'd like to see how your hair would fare in a blizzard. So I wrote back, Donald Trump, the science is on my side. And I'd like to see how your hair would fare in a blizzard. Sometimes, if you haven't noticed, you use a little humor. Like when he called me Snow Woman at my announcement in the middle of that thing, I wrote back on Twitter, I'd like to see how your hair would fare in a blizzard. <laughs> so I wrote back. So I wrote back. So I wrote back. I wrote back. I tweeted back. The, the science is on my side. I'd like to see how your hair would fare in a blizzard. <laughs> Great moments and catchphrases here on the Hammer and Nigel Before we show. move on, can you just replay just the beginning of the Biden one again, the deer in the Kevlar vest, Allison? Can you ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. No one needs to have a weapon that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds. Right, you, could, you could cut it off right there. No one needs a weapon where you can fire a 40, 50, or 100 rounds. Why don't you ask the citizens of Ukraine? If they need those weapons, because they've been handing those weapons out left and right to anybody that will take them in Ukraine. We're funding that. But yet people can't have those weapons here in the United States to defend themselves. Do deer in Europe run around with Kevlar vests on? Maybe that's what's happening. I don't know. Yeah. The the Russian soldiers and the Wagner group, they have Kevlar vests on. And that's why they're handing them out. Just a side note. And I'm just saying, all right. Hey, you want to hear from somebody who's full of crap, Nigel? That could be any number of people. So, John Kerry, uh, <laughs> he was testifying I earlier. I thought you were going to say we had an exclusive interview with Jefferson Sharif. <laughs> I've invited him on here. You know, our executive producer, Matt's trying to get him on here. He's going on with Rob, but he's not coming in here. So, good for Rob. Uh, but John Kerry, he also was full of crap. He was testifying earlier, and he got called out for being Mr. Emissions, Mr. You're going to ruin the environment, even though he had a private plane for years that studies show one trip in his private plane is yeah. worse than you driving your car for a lifetime. And take a listen to this. He denies under oath that he ever owned a private plane. And then when he gets busted on it, he throws his wife under the bus. So uh, I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously, it's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. I just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. A few moments later. You uh, <laughs> just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record uh, article here from February 15th of 2023. The John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after <laughs> accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I your family. personally, yes. My wife owned a plane. <laughs> Oh, come on, dude. You threw your <laughs> wife under the bus? You Frankenstein-looking freak. Oh, how many, there's countless pictures of him getting off private planes. 
These people are all hypocrites. They're grifters. They use climate change as 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 a tool to further their progressive agendas, and they all do it. Whether it's Leo DiCaprio tweeting about climate change and how we need to take care of the environment when he's on his big old three hundred foot yacht <laughs> with twenty different models and just, you know sailing around uh, the the Amalfi Coast. Give me a break. They're all hypocrites. By the way. Have you seen the viral video of a woman who actually is vacationing in the Amalfi Coast? I've never heard of it before until one of our old bosses went there. Like when we were told, hey, we can't pay you any bonus money right now because of COVID. And then we go into social media. <laughs> His whole damn family's down at the Amalfi Coast. Yeah, that's in Italy. Yeah. I never knew where the hell it was. Because of Italy. <laughs> A woman did a viral video from there saying, yeah, all you cool people acting like going to the Amalfi Coast is great. Here's why it stinks. You have to take a boat to get to where you need to be, and then the boat takes you onto another boat. There's really no elevators there. you got to lug all of your luggage onto the boat, up the stairs. The Amalfi Coast stinks. Oh, boy. I don't know. I'm looking at pictures here. Yeah, but if, if i got to walk upstairs, then I'm out. Yeah, you're right. With all of your luggage <laughs> after the flight, right? Once you get to the very top of your villa or your palace, you know, based on what I've seen, um, it looks beautiful. It looks amazing, but I don't want to carry all my luggage and crap up all of those stairs and through the town and on a boat. That's a hard pass for me. Um, real quick, Allison, let's do some legal stuff. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. Breaking the law, breaking the law. Speaking of uh, breaking the law, somebody broke the law by bringing cocaine into the White House, but they're not going to get in trouble for it. The investigation's closed, isn't it? (laughs) After two weeks, they said, you know what? We're not going to have an answer for this. I mean, that's basically just a big middle finger to the American public, right? Because it's easy to figure out whose blow this was. (laughs) Any cop will tell you, with all of the video access they've got at the White House, especially near the most important room, the Situation Room, and the fingerprints that are probably on the baggie of Coke, they could have had this solved in 30 minutes to an hour. But the Secret Service, nothing to see here, people. Nothing to see here. Uh, John Kirby, the top Biden spokesman, he went on Fox News Sunday with Shannon Bream and basically just shrugged his shoulders and said, eh, what can you do? It's case closed. In less than two weeks, we know nothing about who brought this in, inability to track people, no surveillance cameras. What if it was something much more dangerous? Well, again, I can't really speak to the investigation that was done by the Secret Service. Uh, they did the best they could to, to track down uh, how it got there and, and who it might have belonged to, and they just were not able to to come up with any forensic evidence that that proves it. But of course, look, we take this seriously. That's not the kind of thing we want to see happen. If there's things we can do to prevent that in in the future, certainly we'll do that. Nobody's happy about this. Yeah, and Shannon Bream said the the quiet part out loud there at the end of her question, which was, I mean, if you could basically sneak cocaine in to this part of the White House, what if it was something more dangerous, like anthrax or some sort of sort of biological agent? Right. Which is really scary to think about. Or, more likely, what if it was a Republican that left the cocaine in the White House? I bet we would have had oh, that bastard yeah. locked up a long time ago. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
gamers over there. My name is Nigel. Uh, that's Jason Aldean, which you're hearing in the background there, uh, coming in with uh, a song of his. He was in the news recently. He had to run off stage and end the concert that he was performing abruptly because of heat exhaustion. Here is um, here is Jason Aldean explaining what happened. Thanks to everybody that's calling in, checking. I'm doing fine. I was hot. I was playing golf all day yesterday, and then got to the show and just I think it was a combination of dehydration and just heat exhaustion anybody that was at the show knows how hot it was and uh, just uh, get off stage and figure out what's going on I had a couple of IVs I had one last night when I came off stage had one today again I apologize for cutting the show short but uh, we'll come back and make it up to you and uh, I'm feeling a lot lot better so thank you guys for checking in and um, we'll see you tonight first of all I bet he doesn't have to come back and make it up to him because there's a window there where as long as you stay on stage for a certain amount of time, you get paid. So if it's coming up, you know, you know, you know, within a half hour or so, he gets yanked off stage because he's suffering from heat exhaustion. You get paid the full funds, I would assume. And the other thing with this is. You are at the top of your game. You're one of the world's biggest names in country music. You're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Do you not know? Do you not understand? You got to keep your body hydrated while while you're on stage. Before you know, you have to be in shape. You have to do the things that a country music singer would do. Who's you can't drink eighteen beers playing golf. The yeah, day that's before. because yeah, we were golfing all day before. So man, had to cut. So I'm glad you had fun golfing, Jason. But uh, maybe take care of your body a little bit more. They're going to make a movie one day on Jason Aldean, and it's going to be wild because some of the things that have happened to this guy in his career. So you have this situation where he runs off the stage. But don't forget, he was the act that was performing when the Las Vegas massacre oh, happened. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow he wow, had to wow. run off the stage and take cover and... People were hiding behind, you know, his stage sure, with yeah. him. Uh, they're going to make a hell of a movie one day about Jason Aldean. Uh, but in the meantime, here's great moments in concert history. Joe Jonas recently admitted in an interview that while on stage, he pooped his pants. <laughs> I was with a few friends yesterday, and we were just talking about, you know, there's a point in your life where, as an adult, you can remember the last time you <laughs> your pants. <laughs> This was, I think, about four years ago. And let's just say it was a bad day to choose to wear white clothing. You think it might be a little too, it might have been a little something else, a little something extra. There's a wardrobe change after the show, and it maybe was a little bit like, like, oh, that was an interesting choice to change clothes that quickly. So that's that's a story I've never told, and also that's just real life. Uh, it was a light a light one. It wasn't it wasn't a full, you know? So he sharded on stage wearing white pants. <laughs> and he had to exit stage left to uh, do a quick wardrobe change. Yeah. That's why I don't wear white. Do you do you own white pants? That's that's the reason exclusively why I don't own white pants. You're afraid you're going to poop yourself? Yep. I mean, who knows? We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. I had to leave my boxers at a Tampa International Airport a, 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 a long time ago because of that exact same instance. So really, you and Joe Jonas, you're really <laughs> the same guy. Great moments in concert history. Here's Miranda Lambert stopping her show in Vegas to call out a group of girls in the audience who were more interested in taking selfies than watching the show. Something down Listening to the song, it's pissing me off a little bit. Oh, whatever. 
They paid their money. Get over yourself, Miranda Lambert. These girls were taking... That's what happens when little girls come and watch your show. They take selfies. Welcome to 2023. My favorite, though, great moments in concert history, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Grohl. Get the f*** out of my show right now. Get the f*** out. Get the f*** out of my show. You don't come to my show and fight. You come to my show and f***ing dance, you (laughs) ass. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Hammer, just a somber way to start the week with yet another funeral, another procession, another burial of an Indiana law enforcement member who died in the line of duty. This time it was Marion County Deputy John Durham. And the funeral was absolutely beautiful. It took place at Gamebridge Fieldhouse downtown. It's always very somber, but it's awe-inspiring when you see all the members of law enforcement oh, sure. that show up for these. It's an amazing And they sight. come from all over the country. Yes, all over the country. And again, beautiful service, but the key moments for me, the moments that really just tug at your heart are when his kids came up on the stage. Uh, They were all up there together. Uh, John Jr. spoke first. Family told me to to write down a, a speech, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be my dad's son if I didn't just wing it. You knew him, he, he, he didn't know a stranger. Whether it was the first time he met you, it was like you knew him for 20 years. I mean, every, all the stories I heard last night was he brought food in for everybody to work, brought in donuts, he was the life of the party. He, he, he was a good man. He, he, he lived life to the fullest. He treated everybody with respect, to the inmates, to the people he worked with, to our family. He was, he was a great man. I love you, Dad. Thank you. Did, did you notice there? You said the inmates treated the inmates with respect. I'm assuming you probably treated his killer with respect right up until the moment he got loose and, and strangled him in that in that transportation, uh, in, in the vehicle he was transporting him in. Another mm. son, Man, uh, that was, that Corey, was came up afterwards, and I think Corey saw his younger brother kind of having a hard time you know you heard him breaking up in his voice and Corey, to his credit he wanted to change the tone a little bit i get it everyone needs to cry but uh you, you can be happy you can smile it's okay it's perfectly fine and you know why we have a beautiful man jesus christ that's sitting there with dad right now smiling laughing dancing you name it they're doing it um, so it's okay. Smile when you see me. Smile. However you feel, how whatever you're feeling right now, just whether it's a round of applause, whether you want to stand up and just thank God or anything. So if we could, just please, let's give Dad a round of applause and just make any noise you want. It doesn't matter. And then the whole place, everybody stood up, gave him a standing ovation. I couldn't stand up there if I and even begin to talk 
uh, about um, somebody that passed away, much less my father. I don't think I'd be physically, emotionally able to do that. And then for those guys to get up there and do that in front of all those people at Gamebridge Fieldhouse is amazing to me. A surprise message from Reggie Miller uh, was on the screens because um, the fallen deputy was a big Pacers fan, loved Reggie Miller, and used to work security courtside back when Reggie was a Pacer. So I thought it was kind of cool Reggie recorded a message for the family. But again, after the service, when the procession makes its way to Crown Hill for that just very emotional graveside service, the 1042 call, that final end of watch always just gets me. This is what it sounded like in front of the Community Justice Center. On July 10th, 2023, Marion County Sheriff Deputy John Durham answered his final call. While transporting a prisoner from a medical appointment, Deputy Durham was assaulted and killed. There is no greater love than a man that would lay down their life for another. Marion County Sheriff's Office, Deputy John Durham, Sheriff 333, is 1042. He has gone home for the final time. And we'll touch base with Matt Baer here in just a few minutes. Uh, Most of the activities are done for today, uh, but there's still going to be a little bit of a backup parts of downtown and over by Crown Hill Cemetery. So, Nige, we've been talking a lot about the presidential runs, Tucker Carlson doing his interviews over the weekend with some of the Republican candidates, but let's bring it back local here. Take a look at some of the money being raised for the governor's race here in Indiana. Uh, Mike Braun, leading the pack right now, he has $2.2 million and reporting $4.6 million in cash on hand. I mean, it's his to lose, isn't it, at this point? You think? It is. He's the front runner. Yeah. Um, in terms of other money, according to the latest round of reporting, uh, businessman Eric Doden raised $1.7 million and has $3.8 million cash on hand, while Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch raised $1.1 million and has $3.8 million cash on hand. So they're about, so, so wow, so Suzanne Crouch, so both of those that you just mentioned are about just a, a million shy of uh, a brawn. They're doing a decent job. Wow. Now, Curtis Hill, he's in it now. He announced last week while you were gone. uh, Obviously, there's no reporting of his financials yet, only being a week into the race. But uh, Curtis Hill, also a part of this. And let's talk about the Senate race here in Indiana. We've got a candidate going against Jim Banks. So he doesn't have any Republicans coming out no, against him. No, but we got a Democrat now. Okay. Uh, Keith Potts. He's a member of the uh, Indy City County Council. And he put out this big video saying he feels like his experience and leadership working on the City County Council here in Indy uh, would be ideal for Washington. Will we be free to vote? Will we be free from gun violence in our communities? Will we still be a place where if you work hard and play by the rules, you can succeed? These aren't red or blue issues. These are things that make America special. I'm Keith Potts. On the council in Indianapolis, I stood up to the big guys so small business owners had a level playing field. What? And fought for our freedom to feel safe in our neighborhoods. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. He said he was helping out small business. This dude 
kept small business owners from opening back up during the pandemic. This is the same Indy City County Council that supported keeping businesses closed during COVID. Uh, they supported the health department fining businesses and mandated masking, and he voted to restrict 2A rights. I'm telling you right now, this dude, he may be popular in the City County Council here in Indy. <laughs> he is going to get his ass whipped. <laughs> whipped. 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 By Jim Banks. It's going to be one of the big blows outs you're going to see. Um, I mean, he's just going to get blown out, which takes us to great moments in ass-beating history. Let's go back to when Ronald Reagan won 49 states Jeez, yeah. against Mondale. We're going to project another state for uh, guess who? Yeah, very few. <laughs> guess who? Ronald Reagan wins the state of Hawaii. One of the most impressive presidential victories in American history. 49 states. Only Minnesota went from Mondale that year. Uh, great moments in ass-beating history. <laughs> Remember when the Dream Team was formed. You've got Michael Jordan. You've got Magic Johnson. You've got Charles Barkley. Their first game was against Angola. And That's somebody... Right. <laughs> Somebody asked <laughs> Charles Barkley uh, if he's seen a scouting report on Angola. I don't know anything about Angola, but Angola's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Great moments in ass-beating history. We'll have to play that again after the Indianapolis mayoral election. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you're right. Hammer and Nigel present, Am I a Horrible Person? Dude, you're awful. Horrible. You're like a bad person, like all the way through to your core. Hammer uh, cursing loudly at a gas station at a woman and her kids earlier today. So you might want to provide some context around that. Yeah. And there were two kids and they're both little hellions, man. They're creating hell. It kind of felt bad for the mom at first. You know, she's got stuff in her hands and she's trying to wrangle in the little maniacs. But then she goes up to the counter, makes her purchase. I'm in line. And she buys a couple lottery scratchers. And instead of just taking the tickets and maybe scratching them off at home or in her car or stepping to the side, she just asked the clerk, hey, can you scan those to see if uh, I won? While, you're, while people are waiting in line behind her. Correct. And I'm trying to get to work. You know, I don't want to be late because I got my hit with Rob yeah. coming up at 1048. And the clerk says, well, I need to scratch these QR codes off. Well, go ahead and do that. <laughs> no. She made the clerk scratch off the QR code thing? To see if they won. Yes. And I said, this is BS. <laughs> she turns around and says, I've waited in this line as long as you have. And you're about to wait a little bit longer. And I may have said some other choice words after that. <laughs> and her kids at that point, they kind of hug her leg. And <laughs> they open up another line for me. And I walked back to my car and I thought, there's no way these people think I'm the problem, right? Am I the horrible person? Jason, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Am I a horrible person? You are my hero. You just didn't realize that you were in her world. <laughs> I would have said more, and I promise you, they've heard worse at home just knowing what you told me about the mother. Yeah, Good yeah. Luck, brother. Right on. Thank you, Jason. Uh, let's go to MJ. MJ, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
I, I don't think you're a horrible person. Now, the mother, on the other hand, she's absolute dirtbag. <laughs> isn't that illegal? Like, what if she would have won twenty five grand on a scratcher? Couldn't the gas station guy take ownership of it? Ah, you know what? I never thought about that. I don't know what the rules and regulation are. We need to get somebody from the lottery office on that. I think the poor, you know, worker at the speedway just was trying to get the line to move quickly because it was a pretty good backup. And I waited in line a couple minutes, and uh, made me so mad. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Thank you, MJ, Lisa. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Am I a horrible person? the woman in front of you is and she has no consideration for other people waiting in line and have we gotten so lazy that we can't scratch off our own lottery (laughs) really yep that's where we're at 100% where we're at (laughs) and that's a shame thank you Lisa now if you remember Nige just for a little backstory this isn't the first time that I've yelled at a woman who's had a child nearby with filth florin florin and filth Okay. There was a situation about five, six years ago now where myself and Chris, back when he was young, we were at a McDonald's and uh, we were leaving and I held the door open for a woman walking up with her child. And the woman yells at me, I don't need a man to hold the door open for me. (laughs) So I kind of looked around. I thought I was being punked or something. So I said, F you. (laughs) Made my way out. Uh, So this is not the first time, but I really feel like I was in the right both times here. Uh, Jacob, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Am I a horrible person? Uh, not necessarily. Maybe a little bit at the end there, but <laughs> but yeah, it's like, lady, just give the ticket to the kids, scratch off, and keep their hands busy, or I don't know, just find how you get home. Right, that's a great activity for the kids to do. Sit in the back seat, get your you know candy bar and whatever you got, scratch these off, and give them back to me later on. Keeps the kids and don't busy. Don't lose them or throw them out the window. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Thank you, uh, Luann. Welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Am I a horrible person, Luann? No. And I work part-time at a retailer, and we are not allowed to scratch the tickets off for a customer. Yeah. So I don't know what the I don't know what the lot of the extra lottery rules are, but we're not allowed to. So the clerk should have taken care of it. The last thing I want is the clerk to get in trouble here. Let me make this perfectly clear, because I think yeah. the clerk was just trying to get this line moving through fast and furious and defuse the situation. I don't want the clerk to get in trouble, but yeah, I never. He probably should have, he probably should have said though, I'm not allowed to. You know, you're going to have to do this. Or, I don't know. <laughs> we can't. I know that. Interesting. Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, let's take one more here. Let's just go blind here, Allison. Uh, let's go to uh, line number one. Um, caller, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. What's your name and am I a horrible person? My name is Marcus, and no, you're not. <laughs> Why do you think I'm in the right here, Marcus? All right, well, uh, let's put it this way. I've been around the block. I'm up there with you guys, probably in age. I'm 40-something years old. And what I think you did was the right thing. So, uh, you know, those people at the gas station should be told not to do that stuff. And all you're doing is open eyes for these people out here, these younger generation that are lazy as hell. Yeah, and the lady in line should have read the room. 
I mean, the very tone deaf of the that's just ridiculous. Right. You've got people behind you. Hundred percent. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel Hammers right over there with a very special and lovely guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. She is one half of the chicks on the right uh, Daisy joins us. Daisy, first of all, let me tell you congratulations. Uh, you got away with leaving your cocaine at the White House, it looks like. So, congratulations. Nobody's going to be charged. It looks like you're going to skate on this one. I'm so glad. I mean, it's the first time I've ever skated on this. So, I mean, you can't you can't leave that stuff laying around at Emmett. You know what I mean? <laughs> right in our but building, yeah. House, but at the White House, you can totally get away with it, you guys. Right next to the Situation Room. That's right. That's totally the, right. The I mean, that, this is crazy. Like, I mean, listen, either either they're, they're so inept at the White House or, like, they're really – it's they're very porous security-wise. Like, either way, we should all be feeling very insecure about the way things are run in this White House. I'm I'm looking at this going, how, we all know – okay, listen, without any answers, we know the answer as to whose coat this was. Hello. <laughs> and the thing is, Daisy, am I tinfoil hat guy because I – think to myself, they know who it is, whether it's oh Hunter, God. whether it's some sort of staff member. I mean, listen, the fingerprints would have to be on the baggie, and there are cameras everywhere. Don't give me this crap that, well, there's one area next to the most important room in the White House yeah. that doesn't have a video system. Bull crap. They know yeah. who it is. They're just covering it up. Does that make me Alex Jones here? No. Jason, I'm wearing, like, all my clothes are made of tinfoil now. <laughs> Every piece of clothing is all tinfoil. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I and plus there's the fact that Hunter Biden does have a record of leaving things behind and forgetting yeah. about them and not returning to pick them up. <laughs> the laptop and, and, from hell. Right. And of and of being a complete crackhead. So there's sure that. there's that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. almost like whether you're talking about the Department of Justice or what's going on in the White House. This time in history, maybe it's always been this way, Daisy, I don't know, but it seems like right now, the folks in charge are just giving you two double-barrel middle fingers (laughs) lying right to your face saying, yeah, we didn't find anything. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. They're doing exactly that, and there's no accountability, and they can get away with it. And I think, and you know, we say there are two tiers of justice. It's it's absolutely true. They can do whatever they want, and they are laughing in our face faces about it. And that's what's so disturbing is that they're getting away with it and they're mocking us at the same time. And it's got to piss it just I can't be the only one that it pisses off. Right. You know? <laughs> I spoke to some police officer friends of mine over the weekend and they told me, you know, with all the video that they have access to at the White House, if they had access to that, they could have figured this out in 30 minutes. 30 minutes yeah. to an hour is how long it would have taken a competent police officer on a legit investigation to comb through
through the video, run the fingerprints, and figure out whose blow it was. Yeah, they know. I mean, they totally know. And I think the thing is, when people on the left try to make excuses for it, and they they talk in circles on MSNBC and CNN and all those you know different networks, and they try to make excuses. It's like it just makes it even worse. We all know. We know. <laughs> uh, speaking of those networks, what did you think of Tucker Carlson chatting with the Republican candidates sans Donald Trump at this big event uh, on Friday? Because I told uh, some of my friends, you would never find that on any other network. You're not going to see Rachel Maddow be that critical of Democrats on MSNBC. You're not going to see Jake Tapper be that critical of Democrats on CNN. But what Tucker was able to do now on that stage, grilling Mike Pence, grilling Tim Scott, grilling Asia Hutchinson, all of those folks, that was so refreshing to watch. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. I love that format. It's so much better than a debate format because yes. he went deeper than that. And I think, you know, Tucker is in such a great place right now. I think Fox did him such a, a great service by laying him off because now he just he gives no craps at this point. And he's and he's so honest and he's so forthright and he asks the questions that we want to be asked. And so he's demanding answers to things that we wouldn't um, we wouldn't be asking these questions or nobody would be asking these questions in a debate format because it would just be the people squabbling back and forth towards one another instead of getting those um, those questions answered that we want answered. And so he did a tremendous job. It was a fantastic. I wish we would have this format every single election moving forward because I just I love the. Well, format. I think the mainstream it, media should be worried. I, I think this is yeah. the format going forward. And this I wasn't on it. mainstream media. This was on, you know, uh, Glenn Beck's outfit, Blaze TV. Right. Who do you think? It. Who do you think came off of the worst? I thought the it was Hutchinson. And, well, uh, for sure. Um, oh, my God. Pence and Ace are, they're done. Pence and Hutchinson, they're just completely done, like put a fork in them. Because when Pence, you know, made the comment, like, that's not my concern. America is not your concern. Seriously? Like, he put a fork in him. He's done. Like, he might as well just drop out of the race. Same with Asa Hutchinson. He's, he's, I don't even know why that guy's running to begin with. <laughs> like, forget about it. And then I don't think that, you know, I loved Tim Scott, but I don't think he was very strong in his answers. And I don't know if Nikki Haley was very strong in her answers either. I don't think that they were expecting they're so used to being in an echo chamber that I don't think that they were expecting some of the tough questions that Tucker Vivek did well. I, I thought Vivek Ramaswamy did excellent. Oh my God. He's fantastic. I think Vivek and DeSantis came off the best. Yes. Now I will tell you that I was very disappointed in Trump that he didn't get out there and, and you know participate and I feel like it's a civic duty to do those sorts of things. I know that he feels like he's above it all but I don't think he's above it all. And I don't think Chris Christie is either. I think he needs to get his butt out there and do those sorts of, um, you know, those forums as well. I don't know why he didn't go. I don't know if he had a scheduling conflict or whatever that could have been the case, but he needs to do those things too, because he's not polling super high, but even with Trump polling high, he needs to do those things. He also needs to participate in the debate on August 23rd. I, that's just my personal opinion. I think he needs to be participating. I don't care if he's the number one guy or he thinks he is. He needs to be doing that. 
So let me do a little devil's advocate here then. I understand why Daisy from Chicks on the Right feels that way. But if you were getting a paycheck and your job was to be the political advisor to Donald Trump and you see these poll numbers in all these states and you're running away with this thing, why would you run the risk of having some sort of Mike Pence-like situation with Tucker Carlson where you could just stay home, prop your feet up, watch all of these other dudes implode? Would you recommend your client, if you were working for Donald Trump, to do these things? I can say, listen, I understand where you're coming from because I know you're, you're playing devil's advocate there. And I, I get it. But there are people like me who I've stumped for Trump and I and I like him. I'm you know, there I, I will tell you that I am. He's sort of he's making me mad, Jason. He's I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, OK, this is not good. If, if you are that strong and you feel that strongly about, you know, running the country, you cannot just coast. You cannot coast your way into the presidency. You've got to get in there and you got to you got to spar with the guys who are you got to do the work you got to get your hands dirty and you got to do the work you can't just say that this is owed to you and that is that's where i'm at right now i'm a little irritated by the fact that he thinks that he can that he somehow is owed this or he feels like he can just coast in there you got to get in there and do the work like everybody else i mean just because you're polling high doesn't mean that you don't have to do the things that everybody else is doing there are certain hurdles you have to jump and he's he's responsible for jumping those too. Speaking with Daisy from the Chicks on the Right, ChicksOnTheRight.com, how do you think Ron DeSantis's campaign is going so far? Your overall it's feeling? Not, yeah, it's not going very well, is it? Well, I mean, just <laughs> purely looking at the polling numbers. Yeah, and it's weird because he's done such a great, he's been such an effective governor, so I'm actually shocked by it a little bit. I don't understand it. I think the media's been very unkind to him. They're unkind to his wife. Um, I don't I don't quite understand that because he's been so effective and so great at governing. So I don't, I mean, his, his record should speak for itself. So I don't quite understand that, but I mean, it is what it is. I guess he's just not, he's not pulling well. Now, I don't always, I don't always believe the polls because I think polls are bull crap. Um, but if you go just by the polls, he's not doing so hot. But I guess we just have to see what happens in the primaries, right? So you bring up his wife. Now, she was doing a lot of events in Iowa by herself. She has kind of started this grassroots moms committee, if you want to call it that, fighting back at a lot of this ridiculousness. Now, if there's one area where Donald Trump is vulnerable with voters, it's women, suburban women especially. Is this an area where Casey DeSantis can really rescue her husband, Ron DeSantis's campaign, by bringing in a lot of women voters? Yeah, I think she's awesome. And when it comes to suburban women, she can um, definitely get in there and be powerful with them, with suburban women. Because people are ta- they're calling her like tacky Onassis and America's Karen. That's what they're calling her, which I find so hysterical. Because you put her wow. up against a Jill, you put her up against a Jill Biden. I mean, Jill Biden wears drapes. First of all, she raises crackheads, <laughs> you know, and she hates her husband. Let's just get real, because as evidenced by the fact that she even let him run for president because he has demanded. But, I mean, if you go beyond that, Casey DeSantis is a a force to be reckoned with because she, you know, she is out there. She's strong. She has a career. She's, you know, she's doing and saying all the right things when it comes to appealing to suburban women who want to protect their children. And they have young children, too. So when she 
right. makes the case of protecting kids. It's coming mm-hmm. from a place where people feel like she's genuine. Absolutely, because I think she is genuine. She's doing that because she does care about her young children, and, all, and that that definitely resonates. It's it's definitely speaking to young mothers and also older mothers like me. What are you working on right now, chicksontheright.com, Daisy? Oh, my gosh. Well, we've been talking a lot about what happened, obviously, last Friday with this Tucker thing. And then, you know, moving forward, just all the craziness of what's going to be happening with these primaries, you guys. It's just, I think it's a crapshoot. We have no idea. I mean, it used to be that we would have some semblance of this is what we think is going to happen, but I just don't know. It just seems like it's all (laughs) up in the air, especially with Trump facing multiple indictments while running a campaign. Every day is a different day. And I guess that's what makes our jobs fun, right? (laughs) Check them out online, chicksontheright.com. Daisy, you are a rock star. Thank you so much. Thanks, y'all. Talk to you soon. And it takes me back to a simpler place in time. When we used to kick back. I missed it last week. Moonshine Monday, baby, on the Hammer and Nigel show. What? First of all, do you remember what you tasted last week? Do you remember what it was last, last week? week? It was another sample from Allison. And I can't remember like, what it was. She's, she bought us a bunch. So that tells me it was good, <laughs> that I can't remember what it was. Did it make you go... <laughs> make, make that face where you go... Ee, 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 ee. I thought Spanglish was going to go blind at one point. <laughs> he was filling in that day. Um, Doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that drinks a lot of moonshine to begin with. <laughs> but Spanglish. man, uh, yeah, first of all, thank you to uh, Spanglish for filling in last yeah, week. You know, look, Tony Kennett. It's a good feeling to know that... That like this radio show is still going strong and creating good content even when me or you or one of us is away. So very rarely yeah. is it a case where we're both gone. Rarely, like, yeah. one of us is usually always here. Friday was one of those cases. Yes, and uh, Ethan and Spanglish held it down. Yeah, so thank you, guys. Hat tip to those Appreciate guys. It. Let's taste this real quick. So we got a little something from Allison. She made a roadie to North Carolina. This comes from Sugarlands Shine, and this is Apple. Latchin apple. Ooh, so I'm going to pour you a oh, little bit in this uh, cup here. Delish. Take that, my friend. My, my wife and I are some kick that like we're not kind of really imbibing during the week, but screw it. Appalachian apple <laughs> moonshine Monday. Cheers. <laughs> Woo! Wow. Ah, it's sweet, and it still has got that, that strong kick to it. Like, gee, gee, gee. It's a late kick. You don't notice it till it's halfway yes. like down wow. your, your throat, and you're like, whoa, here we go. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.